0: Howdy, Hoota Thunkers! This is your host Zeb of the Hoota Thunked podcast. This is season two, episode eleven, and the topic is about the outlaw Josie Wales movie, or more accurately, the story of how it came to be, how the movie, how the story itself came to be. This week's media recommendation ties directly into the main topic, as it is the actual movie. So the the episode I'm doing is about the guy who wrote the story, but the movie itself is actually pretty awesome. My father was born in the early 1960s, although I believe most of Clint Eastwood's movies can be enjoyed by any generation. My father's generation enjoys Clint's work more so, especially men of his generation. So I've seen my fair share of Clint Eastwood's Spaghetti Westerns, Dirty Harry movies, and the movies Clint has made in the 21st century. I like them all, Uh, but my favorite film of his is The Outlaw Josie Wales. This 1976 movie is on the top of the list for many Western enthusiasts. Here's the plot. Spoiler alert if you want to watch it, so just, I don't know, mute it for a couple seconds as I say the plot here. Josie Wales, played by Clint Eastwood himself, watches helplessly as his wife and child are murdered by Union men led by Captain Terrell. Seeking revenge, Wales joins the Confederate Army. He refuses to surrender when the war ends, but his fellow soldiers go to hand, go to hand over their weapons and are massacred by Terrell. Wales guns down some of Tyrell's, or Terrell's men and flees to Texas, where he tries to make a new life for himself. But the bounty on his head endangers him and his new surrogate family. It's a great movie. Check it out for yourself. I believe you can rent it for like three bucks on Amazon right now. Um, I love the movie. Now, although Clint starred and directed the film, he didn't write it. The movie was based on a book titled The Rebel Outlaw, Josie Wales, and the book was written by a man calling himself Forrest Carter. This episode is going to be about him, the man behind Josie Wales, the character. Um, as, you know, amply titled the, this episode, Behind Josie Wales. Now, Forrest Carter was a half-Cherokee cowboy author from Texas. His empathetic writing paint, printed him, uh, painted him... As a kind soul who was regarded as a hippie back in the 1970s, his writing featured concepts of cultural acceptance and respect for nature. Along with writing Josie Wales into existence, Carter wrote The Education of Little Tree. The story of Little Tree takes place during the fifth to tenth years of a boy's life as he comes to know his new home in a remote mountain hollow grandpa runs a small moonshine operation during prohibition the grandparents and visitors to the hollow exposed little tree the boy to supposed cherokee ways and mountain people values the education of little tree was written as a memoir recounting forrest's own life experience growing up in southern appalachia with his native american grandparents this story was accepted by an actual cherokee indian and is taught was taught as literature in native american classrooms for decades the educational literature was praised by Oprah Winfrey and Carter himself was on his way to becoming a great beloved American author. They even made a movie out of this, uh, but Forrest Carter had a secret. You see, although he denied it to the, all the way to his grave, Forrest Carter was just a pen name. His real name was Asa Earl Carter, and there is a good reason why Asa Carter wanted to keep his name and his past a secret from the world. Asa Earl Carter ran for governor of Alabama in 1970. You can look it up. And his platform, he was a public advocate for white supremacy. He was a rabid segregationist who was infamous racist propagandist in the 1960s. A leader of the White Citizens Council, that's a group dedicated to opposing desegregate er, to opposing desegregation. And one that was generally considered to be a front group for the Ku Klux Klan of North Alabama. Carter was the head of a clavern of the Ku Klux Klan. He was an unofficial speechwriter for segregationist Governor George Wallace, the segregationist governor of Alabama and candidate for the presidency. And for uh, Asa Earl Carter actually wrote the speech that George Wallace ran with. You may have heard it. Segregation now, segregation tomorrow and segregation forever. That was written by Asa Carter. Same guy who wrote... Josie Wales, Asa Earl Carter wrote his white supremacist literature and was a major contributor to the Southern, a white supremacist um, publication that he edited and published first under the aegis of the Racist White Citizens Council. So quite the past on him. Now, I do believe ignorance plays a major role in racism, and I try to keep that in mind. I like to, I like to think all racist people could change if they were just... If they were just able to experience enough of life to let them realize we are all in this together. But that's probably just wishful thinking on my part. And with a track record like Asa Earl Carter, one might think the guy was just simply riddled with hate. I mean, that is a terribly impressive resume for a white supremacist. He wrote speeches for public politicians. He ran for governor. Um, Yeah. After Carter's real identity came out, it became clear that Carter did not have Cherokee grandparents. And that his book of tolerance and love for nature was a work of fiction instead of mem- a memoir. The education of Little tree ranks as one of the greatest literary hoaxes of American literature. It also became clear to the public how a hippie half Cherokee cowboy from Texas was able to capture the spirit of the Southern Confederate so well in his book, The Rebel Outlaw Josie Wales. But he wasn't any of those things. He wasn't from Texas, but Alabama. He wasn't an orphan. His parents raised him and lived into his adulthood so he was kind of a fraud. I should note that it was reported Clint Eastwood had no idea of Carter's actual past when he agreed to make the Josie Wales movie. Clint was approached by the alias Forrest Carter, the likable loving hippie cowboy, and this leads me to one of my favorite ethical dilemmas. Should we separate the art from the artist? Fair warning, I don't know the answer to that, but I think it should be asked more often. Josie Wales is one of my favorite movies, but I now know it was written by a white supremacist. True, uh, Carter seems to have some sort of life-changing experience that made him forsake his hateful past. Um, He used to be a racist, and now he was, you know, in his later life, he was writing things about cultural acceptance. So maybe he did change, but he still did all those terrible things, and he tried to change the world politically to be racist he tried to change America in a political sense a very real sense he wrote all those terrible racist speeches not to mention he did or he hid who he was instead of courageously facing his past mistakes like his own character Josie Wales did Carter just ran from them be forewarned here like I said I don't have an answer to this question should we separate art from the artist but I think we should ask it more often because it is part of it, it happens a lot today if we, re- if we reveal their past action, does Bill Cosby's multiple award-winning comedy career suddenly become unfunny? Do Michael Jackson's records suddenly become audible trash? Don't get me wrong, I think both of these men's actions are abhorrent, but should we just ignore all the great things their art has done for society? Should the charities they donated to over the years give back all that dirty money? How far should we as a society go in condemning their actions? Should we scrub the history books so it appears they never existed? I don't know. Just asking. What about other important people from history? Churchill said that he hated people with, quote, slit eyes and pigtails. To him, people from India were, quote, the beastliest people in the world next to the Germans. He admitted that he, quote, did not really think that black people were as capable or as efficient as white people. That's Winston Churchill. Should we hate Winston Churchill or should we recognize that he won a world war and that he had that he held racist beliefs? Should we rewrite all the history books? I don't know. I don't have the answer. And if you went back in a, with a fine-tooth comb and looked at everything I said in my life, Somehow you were able to do that. And all the information was present in your mind this very second. I'd be willing to bet all the nasty things that I've done would stick out. And you probably would stop wanting to listen to this podcast immediately. He might even be disgusted by me. Because, you know, I was a t- <laughs> I've was said some bad things too. I'm human. But I'm no longer the same disrespectful and disgra- disgraceful teenager I once was. Like I said, I don't know the answer. But I wish people would ask it more often. Uh, This dilemma is probably more present in our cancel culture society than it has ever been, um, should we separate the art from the artist. So that's an interesting story behind Josie Wales. And I want to end the uh, episode like this. I'd like to highlight a character from the Josie Wales film. In the movie, there's a big raging river and a ferry set up so people can cross the river. The man working the ferry is a deceptive character. His name is Sim Costas. And he encounters Union and Confederate soldiers both on a regular basis, you know, towards the end of the war. So two opposing sides. Sim comes across a con man known as the Carpetbagger. In history of the United States, Carpetbagger was a derogatory term applied by Southerners to opportunistic Northerners who came to the South southern states uh, after the American Civil War who were perceived to be exploiting uh, the local populace for their own financial political and or social gain. so the carpetbagger fraudulently tries to sell snake oil to sim costas to pay for his ferry ride while they're conversing sim explains that he survives being among two opposing sides of the civil war all the time by being two-faced and i'll let sim basically explain how take a listen Kansas Redlegs, Union Cavalry, Missouri Gorillas, you name it. Mad dogs, them gorillas. You look sideways at them, they kill you. Sound like hard men to do business with. You bet. You know, in my line of work, you got to be able either to sing the Battle Hymn of the Republic or Dixie with equal enthusiasm. <laughs> Depending upon present company can't say as I blame you for that. Only good business to play it safe. Yeah, well, thank God they all been disarmed now. Except for a few of the nastiest ones who they're busy running down. And right after Sim Carstairs says... Uh, they've all been disarmed except for some of the nastiest ones. They're still running down. They're talking about Josie Wales, Clint Eastwood. So that's Clint Eastwood's character in the movie. If that doesn't sell, I don't know what does. It's <laughs> What a cool character. But anyway, so the he said he sings Dixie or the Battle Hymn of the Republic. So Dixie is a southern song while Battle Hymn of the Republic is a northern favorite. So this scene has permeated through the fog of my childhood memory. It always stuck out to me that in order to survive, a person would pretend to care about one cause or another. I revered the survival tactic, but the film portrays Sim as a weak, and slimy character, not a good guy. Maybe it says something about me that I respected such a character at a young age, but also I appreciated the symbolic connection between Sim's deceptive way of life and the deceptive life of Asa Earl Carter, the, the life that he led. Both Sim and Carter walked the beat of two opposing sides drums when it suited them best so i don't know questions for this week do we separate the art from the artist there's so many different examples and i feel like it's a different answer for each and each situation also check out the outlaw josie wales (laughs) it's a great movie try to block it out of your mind that uh it was written by an avid racist but a changed avid Races That by the time he wrote that, it seems. Anyway, thanks for listening, Hoot of Thunkers. Um, bit of a hard, bit of a hard hitting topic this week, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. Uh, tune in next week for the next episode, and check out the accompanying blog post for videos of references. And I have a bunch of different uh, sources that I use for this one. And till next week, guys. See you later.